0: Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community where we focus on Magic Arena. Well, everyone, I've got a return guest to the podcast that wants to talk magic with me, magic of 2019, magic of 2020, and beyond. Please welcome back the Cuban MTGer.
1: Hey, VM Campos, how are you doing tonight, man?
0: Pretty good. I just came from my jog, had a little something to eat, and I'm kind of sleepy, but I got a podcast to do.
1: <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I always enjoy coming in the in the show.
0: Thanks so much. Yeah, it's been really cool talking with a lot of different people about magic, a lot of different topics. So um, let's give the people a chance to uh, to check you out online. Would you like to self-promote?
1: Yes. So on Twitch uh, is twitch.com. Uh, tv slash the and and i'm also on twitter um with my handle the and MTG'er. so there yeah, that's it you can find me on both of those places
0: cool do you have like a regular stream schedule that you might want to share
1: um i usually stream uh tuesday wednesday and thursdays um during the day mm-hmm. so anywhere between 10 and 2 p.m on uh, central standard time uh, i streamed a little bit today because. Um, I was uh, doing a tournament on MTG melee. Mm-hmm. and when I have some tournaments like that, I will actually stream those tournaments for uh, for my friends, you know, other mm-hmm. watchers for people to see basically what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think I heard that you did very well on that. Can you elaborate?
1: Yes, uh, I played BAMP midrange today. Uh, it was it was only a three round tournament. But uh, I got first place, and um, my buddy John Freitas actually got second place in that tournament. Thankfully, <laughs> we didn't have to play each other, so that's
0: good. <laughs> Were those decks then that could have been against each other in an odd match?
1: Um. No, he was playing racto sacrifice i was playing Uh Bamp midrange um it is a tough um it is a tough deck to play against with uh midrange and he's such a good player with uh any type of red uh variant deck Mm -hmm. so it would be a very tough opponent to to chase but um (laughs) it's it's a 50 50 in that matchup
0: and then also you wouldn't either of you would have had the field bads if you had to defeat each other
1: Oh, of course, of course. But <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> we love uh, competition around here in Nashville.
0: Yeah. So when it's uh, when it comes to magic, it's no holds barred.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so I know like times might be tough for people and uh, we're all kind of like it's stay at home and such. But, you know, there's always a silver lining. We're going to get through it together. And uh, I'd like to ask you, is there any sort of, like, self-care regimen that you do or any positive uh, words you'd like to give people?
1: Well, um, I just the, – the I see an, a light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, mm. um, and I think, you know, if people – actually practice social distancing correctly yeah. then you know this thing is going to be a lot over you know a lot sooner yeah. and i'm i'm always the the person that you know if if we have to do something that that's going to be better for the entire world like let's let's get it done mm. and i mean you can always play magic arena yeah. so that's that's a good thing and and if you're one of the healthcare or essential employees out there you know thank you so much um, everybody you know you're you're putting yourself in harm's way for to to make you know us have a better life mm-hmm. even in, even in quarantine so I do thank everybody that's an essential employee for uh, for risking their lives out there because this thing can be pretty dangerous yeah but uh, I mean guys and gals I do see light at the end of the tunnel so please social distance yourself you know if you do have to get out, there's, you know, there's ways to to still practice that. Mm-hmm. You know, go for a walk in your neighborhood. If you have a park nearby, go. For, you can go for a walk there, but try to not come in contact with people. Um, you know, the the better we're at this, um, the the you know, the less time it's going to take for us to be able to to go and sling some magic cards with mm-hmm. uh, with our friends.
0: Yeah trust the science listen to the experts and thank to everyone that is the essential workers and putting themselves out there we thank you
1: yeah absolutely i mean it's i am very happy that that we actually have people that are doing everything that they can to to help us be you know better in this time of need
0: yeah and there is a light at the end of the tunnel and in the meantime we've got magic so let's talk about some magic <laughs> Well, I brought you back on the show to talk about a little bit of magic in 2019 and then the new stuff that we've got this year. So back in 2019, in general, what would you say, like, how was your magic life in 2019?
1: Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, I, you know, I did well in a couple of tournaments and uh, I got some, some good magic under my belt, um, after that, learn a couple of new things um, about deck building and such mm-hmm. that uh, I could put into uh, my routine of building decks mm-hmm. and just got a little bit better as a Magic player overall.
0: Well, that's the big goal. Either we're having fun for keeping it casual or we're getting better and better if we do the tournament scene. So that sounds pretty good. Did you manage to get to any pre-releases?
1: Uh, yes, I actually uh, did all the pe- uh, pre-releases. <laughs> I'm sorry, all the pre-releases last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I did pretty well. I normally improve releases depending on, you know, if I don't get a, a bad pack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually in the X1, XO brackets.
0: Oh, great. I only managed to go one time last year. I went for the War of the Spark one. I just uh, didn't get a chance for the other times, even though I should have. You know, it's just, it's just four times a year. Uh, well, back in normal times. But, um, I should have gotten out a few more times, but I did go for the uh Theros Beyond Death at the beginning of this year, twenty twenty and I didn't do too well. I went zero and three, but uh I did uh play with a lot of the new fun cards, and so it was still worth it to go out and play real paper magic
1: oh, absolutely, absolutely i mean it's it's always nice to play paper magic, especially now uh, mm-hmm. but uh you you just learn to appreciate it a little bit more,
0: yeah. So we had four sets that debuted in 2019 on Magic Arena. We had uh, Ravnica, Allegiance, War of the Spark, Corsa 2020, and Throne of Eldraine. Would you be able to narrow it down to maybe one that was your favorite?
1: Definitely War of the Spark. A lot of powerful cards came out of that set. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's... It was pretty awesome to have a lot of Planeswalkers. Um, it was a set that, that was designed not only for the casual player, but also the hardcore players at heart. Mm-hmm. So I really like the fact that um, the Wizards teamed up together to create such a good set just for overall, like the overall environment of Magic as a whole. Um, I'm very excited about that set, and I will very, I will be very, very sad to see it go when it rotates.
0: <laughs> That's a good point how you're saying about it. it's like it seemed to be something for everyone. It definitely seemed like there was a lot of great, powerful cards for the spike players. Uh, you could yes. some. You could put some great combos together for the uh, for the Johnny Jennies, and then there's yes. like so many fun, just like over the top, dumb fun things for the Timmy Tammies of the world. So something for everyone.
1: Exactly. I just, like I said, I love that set. Um, It had something for everybody. And I do wish that um, that Wizards takes a a page out of that book and brings something like that again.
0: Do you think they, well, we're going to get to, uh, we're going to get to Ikoria a little bit later, but uh, we've got the static ability on Planeswalkers was the big thing on the Planeswalkers of War of the Spark. What did you think about those in general?
1: Depends on, obviously, Teferi Time Raveler was <laughs> such a powerful card. That's one of the best cards, if not the best card in that set. <laughs> um, I do think that they were going in the right direction with um, with the static abilities of the Planeswalkers, but um, they really do need to kind of figure out a medium on those if they're going to do that, because <laughs> Teferi just took the game away from people because of the static ability on it. And it's such a hard card to to deal with because it can potentially protect itself mm-hmm. if there's only one creature facing it.
0: Yeah. And then also a card like Narset that uh, I know I played into it way too many times that I was about to draw that extra card and then Narset blinks and says, nope, you can't have that extra card.
1: Exactly. Um, I actually had to... Uh... Funny thing about Narset is um, a recent IQ I top-aided at Mm-hmm. um i i was playing narset and i was playing blue eye control i was playing narset in the main i had three narsets in the main one inside and the the band player just kept basically <laughs> drawing cards and i had to keep calling the judge yeah um to to get that <laughs> situated uh there was yeah. one time before he got a game loss that i actually had to stop the guy because i said come on man <laughs> you know this is three times
0: yeah exactly um you almost like have to uh tape narset to your forehead for him to see it or something because uh it's not like on arena that it reminds you when you play with real cards uh that's one of the things i think that's makes it really like for the advanced players that set that there's just so many static abilities and yeah you know we'll help each other out and remind each other but doing it way too many times yeah i don't know if that was as much of an accident as it might have seemed
1: Yes, especially in a competitive setting. Um, obviously for stuff like FNM or uh, such, yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna be too critical on that. But for for a competitive tournament like IQ, like Star City Games IQs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Grand Prix tournaments, uh, qualifiers, such uh, tournaments like that, you have to be a little bit uh skeptical in in getting you know if the player does something wrong. Obviously, you need to call a judge and get them to understand that they did something wrong and mm-hmm. it can hurt them in the end. Uh he, he did end up getting a game loss later mm-hmm. during that tournament because of Narset as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that definitely shows the, the power of those Planeswalkers. Now remember before when 5-mana um, Teferi, uh, Teferi Hero of Dominaria, that was the one that was breaking things and then we got the 3-mana Teferi even more. So uh, that Teferi is tricky
1: well, we had them together for a little bit of time, and Esper yeah. Hero was such a powerful deck, and it's, it's still being a very powerful deck in historic on Arena. Um, but thankfully, there's other decks that are just as good kind of roaming around. So, like, yes, it is good, but it's not to the, the um, I guess, the height that it was when it was in Standard. Mm-hmm. Because Esper Hero is it's basically a way to protect a fairy yeah and it, it just did it so well and you had you know things like thought erasure that just said you know whatever you have in your hand that can take care of two fairies I'm gonna take it away and I'm going to uh surveil yes exactly. as well
0: Surveil was one of my favorite things in War of the Spark. I like playing Demir decks. And so I thought that was pretty fun having Surveil. And I tried to play with, I tried to make like just like uh, as much Surveil Matters decks as possible. They weren't really tier at all, but it was just fun getting that one blue wall that then becomes an attacker once you've surveilled enough, and the Night Veil sprite to help you keep surveilling. And what was that one demon? Um, that one scary demon that screamed at you when it jumped onto the battlefield? um that's I six six remember. six six trampling oh, the demon
1: was it demon of vessel lock or something like
0: that no it was the one that you could pay two life every time to surveil
1: oh doom whisperer yeah
0: doom whisperer yeah doom, so yes i had fun with that one just paying so much life to surveil over and over to make my my uh my, I think it was Thoughtbound Phantasm. Yeah, that was that 2-2 wall that could eventually attack. So it was such a jank deck, but it was really fun to just put Surveil into that and a couple of counterspells and it was kind of fun in there. Now, what um, out of those four, do you think there was any that didn't quite hit the mark in 2019?
1: Um, I personally think Corset um, the Corset didn't hit the mark, hmm. but I mean it's a core set, so yeah. <laughs> you can't really expect too much out of it.
0: Yeah. There isn't a lot of like well, there was some synergy, I guess, in like teamer elementals, but I was gonna say there isn't like too much of a theme going on. And nowadays in modern set design, they try to do those uncommon signpost cards for draft, mm-hmm. yes. um, which then let guide you into maybe constructed decks within the particular format Um, but yeah as I've interviewed other people this year to reminisce about last year uh, consistently I keep hearing people it seems to be number one is War of the Spark number two is Throne of Eldraine number three is Ravnic Allegiance and number four is the core set
1: Um, yes mm -hmm. those those are that's those are good numbers for me Mm -hmm. Um, I love Throne but obviously War War of the Sparks was definitely my number one set for the year
0: very nice. Is there any one card maybe out of the whole 2019 that you can select? Um, I think I saw that there were about 1,300 or maybe
1: 1,500
0: uh, cards released in 2019, just that were playable in Arena.
1: I I mean I have to I have to say Teferi. Teferi is such <laughs> a good card, mm-hmm. and it's gonna keep being such a good card in the future. And I mean I don't see I don't see Teferi going away, or at least that version of Teferi going away anytime soon.
0: Exactly when it was 5 mana to ferry, yeah, you got a lot of upside when you finally cast it at 5 mana, but then when you play other formats where it's way faster and especially with a lot of acceleration, a lot of ramp, getting to 3 mana to ferry, even natural 3 mana to ferry is not that hard and it protects itself in terms of uh, mm-hmm. shutting down instant and sorcery. So yeah, I don't doubt that will still exactly. make waves.
1: Exactly. Not only that, but you could potentially play it turn two. Uh, Turn two Teferi is super, super strong (laughs) in any format. Um, Well, besides old school and and vintage, but um, Mm. maybe legacy.
0: That's when they laugh at you and say, hey, you have spells that cost three mana, eh?
1: Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. But, uh, I mean, that's... Obviously, um, Teferi has been a really strong card, and I can... I I don't see it not being strong in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to print something stronger than that. And I think Wizards kind of took a page out of their own book with Teferi. I don't think they're going to print something as strong like that in the future. Or at least with that mana cost.
0: The interesting thing is, from what I understand, they plan the sets several years in advance. Like two years or something in advance. So um, I... I unfortunately have to think that we might have to suffer through a little bit of time. I don't know how fast they can course correct to have like Teferi and then Oko and, you know, those sorts of things. Although when we talk about... Um, when we talk about Ikoria, they don't... The Planeswalkers there don't seem as uh, as powerful. But, uh, yeah, the course correction of those things, I hope they're able to, to do it reasonably.
1: Well, I think they learn a lot from um, like planeswalkers like teferi here of dominaria hmm. that uh they they're just a little bit too powerful i mean even at five casting costs that that planeswalker was really strong and i mean it drew a card it lets you untap and it it puts something you know three from the top hmm. and then if you happen to get it to the emblem you know every time you draw a card you get to exile anything yes from your opponent, it. I mean, that's pretty strong. So I figured the reason these planeswalkers in uh, Ikoria are not as strong as the ones before is because they are taking a page out of the book. But that doesn't mean that, you know, the magic community can't come up with some crazy way <laughs> to make those planeswalkers be more busted than they really mean to be. Um, they mm-hmm. did it, you know, they've done it a lot. With, with cards, and I mean, look at Inverter, in, mm. in, in, and yeah. uh, Pioneer, Pioneer, and yeah. nobody thought that card was gonna be good. Um, it's, it's just little things like that, yeah. that, I mean, somebody, there's great deck innovators out there, and um, I mean, I try to be one, but obviously I'm not the best, and uh, I tip my hat to others mm. in the internet land that do that for me because i'm definitely not the best at finding some synergies like some people do it's Mm. it's crazy but some people have the eye for it and i mean i applaud them because they have first you know first shot to to make a deck Mm -hmm. be busted and nobody knows how to play against it so it's it's a great advantage
0: yeah same here i marvel at the people that are able to figure this stuff out just exactly like you said about delver and um it's sort of like standing on the shoulders of giants you see someone start off something like when when uh beyond death dropped i wanted to i gave a shot to the mono black devotion and and i was enjoying it and that was like a variation of the original one from original theros Mm -hmm. so it's just cool to get the perspective of a lot of different people playing and um you know you do your own version of it so one quick segue it's not the big focus of this podcast but uh you brought it up pioneer any general thoughts on pioneer the brand new format of 2019.
1: well i i really like the fact that they came up with pioneer um it i hopefully um it doesn't become what i think it's going to become but uh i I think it's going to replace modern altogether kind of like what modern did when uh extended was around Mm -hmm. extended was basically modern You know 1.5 or whatnot Hmm. but uh you don't you don't see any extended nowadays because Hmm. modern replaced it and i'm hoping that pioneer is not gonna replace modern but i feel like it can and it probably will Hmm. eventually
0: i think so i think just in terms of inevitability and time progressing and new players getting into it and yeah that'll still mm-hmm. always be the 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 people that that cling to the old cards you know there's still vintage there's still legacy it's the numbers are way down supposedly but um i think with modern maybe people are just kind of tired of having what like a decade or more of that where it seems to be like kind of locked in into a variety of archetypes and yeah there's new cards once in a while that un- upend stuff but that seems to be far in between and then maybe it's just inevitable that uh, a brand new card pool a restricted card pool and then like with some bannings here and there um i think it could be the postmodern uh the postmodern uh format
1: i i do agree with you and i think that is the direction that wizards is going with pioneer and i mean it sucks because you know there's people have invested thousands of dollars in cards um uh, for modern mm-hmm. and and even pioneer right now and of course, you know, they, they got to enjoy it, got to play with it a little bit. But, um, I mean, it's going to be the same thing as it was with Extended when Modern got introduced to the format. Mm-hmm. But I do like the fact that, you know, they are keeping things fresh. So it has an upside and a downside. Like, the downside's like, well, you know, it sucks. It's going to go away, potentially, or it could go away. Um, it's just the patterns that Watsi has done. In the past, with um, with formats like that, I, I definitely see it happening mm-hmm. again with Pioneer. But I mean, I love Pioneer. There's some really cool things uh, going on there, and I do hope that they take a look at some of the stuff that's going on in there. Um, inverter is just a tad <laughs> too mm-hmm. powerful right now, um, but you know they're trying to balance the format, and I think it will eventually get. To uh, where it needs to be, and hopefully, you know, no new cards will spoil it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they do, you know, obviously, Watts can can make some decisions and changes to the format.
0: Mm-hmm. On the other hand, about modern fading away they did print modern horizons and that mm-hmm. seemed to have sold well and that's often an indicator about um what they would do in the future so i don't doubt there'll be modern horizons too so who knows what the timetable is about when pioneer takes over but it's kind of cool to have a variety of formats to play with um what do you think about the red-headed stepchild of it all brawl
1: I love brawl and arena just and I cannot believe I'm saying this because I'm not a commander <laughs> player at all. but brawl in arena is one of my favorite things to do on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't purchase well, I mean I've played it for free since it's been free on arena due to the coronavirus and such. Yeah, but it's so fun actually. Um, I was very sad. When uh, Golos was uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's one of my favorite cards. I played with Golos and Standard, um, you know, when Next Fate was around, mm-hmm. and I mean, I still play with Golos and Standard. I have played Golos in Historic mm-hmm. and I played it in Brawl, and it was so much fun, but you know, I can't play it anymore as my commander, so what do I do? I'm gonna play Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> It's almost the same deck. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, but... Mm-hmm. in I mean, I understand why they banned Golos. It was a really, really powerful card, um, and it got out of hand really quick in Brawl, mm-hmm. but uh, Kenrith can also get out of hand really quick, especially with Biomancers Familiar, and that is a card that I do get quite a bit because you draw so many stuff mm-hmm. in, in there, and you, you thin your deck really well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean... It's it's basically Golo's stepson, I don't know <laughs> how you call it, maybe brother, <laughs> stepson, son, who knows. Yeah. But it's such a good uh format. Um the the other card that I really liked is uh, I can't remember what the, the guy is called, but it's the bug, the soul tie guy that the elemental that hmm. makes things that um basically triggers an additional
0: um, oh uh Yarok,
1: Yarok, yes that is really good that's a really good commander in there yeah um a lot of people do play it i've seen it i've played against it and i can tell you it feels really good when i agent of treasury their Yarok, <laughs> and then i play some crazy shenanigans on my side of the board
0: <laughs> yeah Yarak is definitely one that when you've got it all set up, it really pops off. So I've enjoyed Brawl a lot too. Um, th- it seems like this is definitely like the perfect digital format. I, I played it once in real life, uh, begrudgingly, but that's because I made the decks for my rest of the um, my my opponents. And um, I just had a lot of fun on, on Arena with it. So definitely Wednesday Brawl is cool. And then now that we've got access to it, for the time being, it's really cool. Did you get any chance to play any of the Historic Brawl?
1: Yes, I actually did get the chance uh, to play the Historic Brawl. And, I mean, it was it was fun. Um, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. What can I say? But, uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of cool cards that are um, in Arena for Historic. Yeah. That just make it so much better. And, I mean, I, I couldn't say that the brawl format is already powerful and then you add historic to it. Mm -hmm. Oh it's basically playing baby EDH.
0: Yeah. Exactly. They just need to make it four player and then people will never leave the house. Well whoops, they already can't
1: (laughs) they already can't. But I think I do think that um they will they will figure out a way to make it four player soon. Yeah I Um, think so. That might that might be something they might be working on with arena. Um, I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that happening.
0: Yeah. So, in um, so segueing to the new decade, twenty twenty, the very first set of this year was, and it's funny to start to already think about it in terms of was. Uh, Theros Beyond Death. So this is the one of the first times I think that I really feel like, wow, that happened so fast. I know that it was in January, and yeah, we're in April, so yeah, that's that's four months. But I just really feel that the, the change over now to care about the new set happened way faster than this time. I don't know if that's just me. What about yourself?
1: No, it definitely happened really fast for me as well. Um, I mean this is this is the new normal that Wizards has started to do. and I'm glad that they went back to the old ways where things didn't rotate as quickly mm-hmm. um, because before you know you would have cards for three, four or five months and then they'll rotate. Mm-hmm. but uh, now you know, you can play with them for a year. So it's financially is really good for for the players to know that you know i can buy a dried of the elysian grove and have a chance to play it you know next year mm-hmm. so that's that's something that i really really liked um and i mean it's Equoria i'm i'm actually kind of liking this set a little bit but i think i think theros is is in my opinion better than than Ecoria. Mm-hmm. um I'm not in much into the big monsters, but, uh, I mean, who knows? There's some really powerful cards in there, too.
0: Yeah. On Theros, we got a return mechanic in Constellation. We got um, Escape. And what else? Um, what was the other big idea there? Uh, Constellation. Well, I guess the gods and then enchantment creatures. Yep. So Enchantment creatures, So then escape, um, I thought escape was pretty cool in terms of now you had to think in multiple dimensions. You had what's in your library, what's in your hand, what's in your graveyard. And I know that some players like they like that. They already are used to also using the graveyard a lot. But I think especially if you're a newer player, this is like, well, the graveyard is no longer just a dead pile. You know, this is not just a discard pile. It's just another kind of zone that you could interact with. So I thought escape was a pretty cool mechanic. What about yourself?
1: Well, I, I loved Escape. Uh, there's some really fun cards uh, like Croxa and Euro <laughs> that uh, happen to be, you know, one of my best targets to, to pick. But, um, I mean, I, as far as the, the advancement of the set, like, it's really advanced to have mm-hmm. so many areas that, you know, a player has to worry about. Mm-hmm. um i i know i play Escape to the wilds sometimes on arena and i already have cards that you know like uh the uh the bone crusher giant is mm-hmm. already out there brazen borrower mm-hmm. and then i have to figure out like which brazen borrower do i have to play because yeah. i can't yeah. remember which ones are on adventure and um that's one of the things that i like to play Paper Magic with because at that point, I know which ones are on Adventure and then which ones are actually exiled um, that I need to play first. Mm. So I, I hope that they will fix that in, in Arena because, I mean, it can get really um, confusing to the new player. And I know they're pushing Arena on the new players, which they should. It's a really great Um, place to learn how to play the game. It's Mm. just they need to make sure that people understand what's where, um, when it comes to a card like Escape to the Wilds.
0: Yeah, like some of the... It's a very arena is very beautiful to look at of course and oh, they've managed to kind of like delineate yeah here's your hand here's a graveyard and such but then when you get into some of this like meta stuff like yeah this is on an adventure and it's off to the side and i guess it has a little glowy effect or whatever but it doesn't mm-hmm. really tell you it's on an adventure they should have used the token that comes yes. in real paper magic to delineate that because then there's these extra side zones that you can sign sometimes get into and you're going to get confused well what, what is this actually Actually, adding you have to keep track of it, and an advanced player probably will. But um, yeah, if beginning players are like, why is this card over here? Why can't I cast it? And just a little confusing.
1: Or um, another thing they can do is um, on the card itself to say on an adventure. Oh, sure, um, yeah. I mean, it's there's you could do the token idea or you could do that. Um, I mean, just something. It's I'm, I'm always very, um, I, I guess, very crucial on how uh, Watsy does things to help the newer players come mm-hmm. to the game yeah. because once they do um it's such a complex game to understand and play uh yeah. when you first pick it up and i'm always for for watsi getting people to pick it up quick mm-hmm. um or at least pick up the concept quick and not just be stuck on like hey what did i you know what what is this mm-hmm. how do you do this how do you do that and I mean they kind of did that with the the little cards that are in booster packs mm-hmm. you know explaining how adventure works and how things work but I don't think that's enough
0: hmm Yeah, I think the complexity of the game, you can get across the basic stuff about we've got life points and we need to summon creatures or do damage and get them down to zero. Yeah, that stuff can be taught in like turn order. Don't forget to untap first and then draw, etc. So that basic stuff definitely. And then it gets way more to the next level of complexity pretty fast. But I think with some players that like they, they like that, they like the challenge, they want to learn it. Um, no problem. But I hope there's not too many players that think, Well, this is so complicated. This card used to do something, but it can do two things, and when do I know when to do it? Well, it just takes a little practice and it takes someone to show you and patience and and I think arena's a very good uh way to practice with that. And then you know, if people wanna beat up on Sparky, they can do that and they can learn even faster.
1: Yeah, and I think mutate is gonna be interesting <laughs> in arena when yeah. it comes. Mm-hmm. because i still don't fully understand how that thing works yeah but um i'm trying to figure it out like apparently you can mutate a creature um and you have to put it on top or bottom of another creature on the field mm-hmm. and to um I'm, i guess i'm gonna wait till arena comes out with that to mm-hmm. to kind of get a better idea of how you're supposed to do that
0: yeah um did you ever play um unstable
1: Uh, No, I actually did
0: not. (laughs) Unstable had a mechanic called Augment where you summoned one base creature and then you played another spell that attached itself to that base creature and it became a new creature and it got more abilities. So that was probably like the the precursor to what we have now because, of course, you know, unstable cards, the silver border cannot be played in regular Uh black border. So they seem to try it out like let's put this out in like this fun crazy set and see how people like it and I guess people liked it and kind of got it and then now they've got it in regular magic which is that about combining creatures and there's a lot of uh, nuances about like what if I uh remove your creature before the mutation completes and what if I then kill your augmented I mean your uh your mutated creature afterwards and yeah there's a lot of details I was kind of looking at the official document that wizards releases per set and then yeah there's like a bunch of paragraphs about how it works Oh yeah. so oh um, yes i can't wait to see how, ju- how is that on arena definitely
1: the i'm on the facebook group for judges and the judges mm-hmm. are having a field day right now with it let's just say that <laughs> yeah. um so i what i what i said to myself is like i'm just not going to Kind of think of how this works. I'm just going to wait till it comes on arena and then actually get to see how it works mm-hmm. um, correctly. So um, and I probably could ask a couple of judges. I know I mean, there is a judge farm uh, about an hour and a half from here. And mm. it's it's literally called the judge farm of Tennessee because there's so many judges in this little city. Mm. And they just grow and grow hey. and grow and grow. It's like everybody wants to be a judge there, so they, oh, okay. they have a lot of level twos and level threes in there. And it's it's crazy. So I mean and I, I know a few of them. So I could probably ask, uh, and they could probably give me a good explanation of it, but hey. they I think they have more things and better things to worry about in their hands right now.
0: Well what I wanna do is mutate a really big creature onto a Lanawar Elf. That'll be pretty epic. <laughs>
1: Oh gosh!
0: So it's really interesting that it's like it g- it gains the uh, it, it it gains the abilities of the creature below, but it's got the stats of the creature above, and you can choose to put it above or below. And apparently, you can make a stack of these mutations as much as you want. So, as much mana as you have, and as much willpower as you have to put all of these together and remember what they all do. Um, that sounds really complex and interesting. So I can't wait to try it out on arena.
1: That's gonna be better in arena than on paper. I'm yeah. Just- gonna say that it's it's gonna be interesting to see it on stream as well mm-hmm. with paper magic um i can i can just see it now it's the the twitch chat will just go crazy it's like, <laughs> wait, wait what's going on here you know yeah. what what ability does this card have what
0: yeah oh was, my goodness <laughs> i was listening to gabby Sparks's podcast uh, magic fm just earlier today and she was talking with mashi about like yeah just think about the coverage people because they're used to looking at the picture of the card to be able to commentate on it but exactly. now you're going to be covering half the card and you only see the text so you're not going to be able to s- at a glance the commentators are not going to be able to see what are those two cards combined unless they're taking copious notes
1: and i i really do think that this might be an ability that wizards is trying out but i don't think it's gonna stick mm-hmm. um unless something drastically happens mm-hmm. um i think this is just a trial run uh from them and i mean we've had sets that had trial runs you know like surveil um mm-hmm. but uh, and of course escape and those came out pretty well but I think this is a little bit too complicated uh, to, to keep up, especially in, in today's world where you know, a lot of the streaming um, and a lot of ways that you can gather information are, you know, through the streams of uh, you know Grand Prix events, Star City events, you know, et cetera, and it, it can get pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, the info is out there. There's plenty of it to consume and for all levels like people that want to play really advanced and like here's the most optimized way to play and then for uh, beginner people casual people for everyone to be able to play so definitely a lot of content to consume Mm -hmm. so i think theros in general was pretty cool cool story cool lore cool cards i never played during the original theros block i'm not sure did, did you
1: Yes, I actually played the Theros Walk, and uh, I mean, I, I loved Gray Merchant yeah. of Asphodel back in the day, and I, I was very happy to see it back. And I mean, it's it's a great way for for people to get that card back because I know it's being played in Pauper too. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't that of expensive of a card, but it's mm-hmm. it's nice to get it out in people's hands as well. Mm-hmm. Because you know you don't you don't want to play when you're playing popper you don't want to pay two dollars for a card yeah you know popper is supposed to be the poor man's magic uh, thing and yeah. there's some cards in popper that I just cannot believe the price tag they have
0: yeah and
1: it's it's starting to to basically kind of remind me of what EDH used to be like
0: hmm like a race with uh, a race with your money or a race with yeah. your pocketbook.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, mm-hmm. but uh, as far as Theros, um, I really like the the stuff they did with it—the enchantment creatures escape mechanic. Um, there's a uh, the the gods and the synergy that the gods had. Uh, Thossa is such a powerful god. You know, you have to get it away. You have to get it out. Yeah. And you know, Elspeth conquers death is is a really really great card, and I absolutely love that card. And I think it's it's going to be in standard for a long time mm. uh, to come, and it's it's going to be a staple for a long time to come.
0: One of the most epic uh, combos that I saw people do is the Thassa plus Agent of Treachery, where they can uh-huh. just keep blinking that in and stealing everything that the There's very few cards that like really trigger me. And one of them is Agent of Treachery. I just hate getting my stuff stolen, even though in real life, I love to play Demir and steal people's stuff. I just, I can't take my (laughs) own medicine. But that one was really bad. I really hated when we had Bomat Courier on Arena. I just, I don't know. I hated that little one-one attacking you and stealing a card. Um, Those are the two that definitely, like off the top of my head right now, I'm traumatized by. But um, the gods I thought were pretty cool. So which one you know from a let's say from a lore perspective uh, perhaps like in a gaming perspective one is like the best or whatever but which one can, do you kind of like like in terms of here's the god of the underworld here's the god of the sea etc
1: um I, I mean it's probably thoughts is gonna be my my favorite so far as far as lore mm-hmm. um i mean i've i've always liked the ocean so mm. it's obviously you know part of me um, I, I don't like Erebos. Uh, I just think of Erebos being the bad guy all the time, and he is, so <laughs> yeah. what can I say? Um, Heliod, he did some nasty things to Elspeth, Yeah. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't, I mean, as much as I want to root for him, I just can't. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it's pretty awkward when, um and a big flavor fail when, they, when someone makes a deck with Elspeth Planeswalker in there as well as Heliod. It's like very awkward.
1: Well, they did it um, when when theros first came out oh, uh, the sure. mono white decks yeah. also had elspeth in there with heliod and i mean it was it was really really good synergy mm-hmm. so i could i mean i could see why they used it but sure. uh, yeah <laughs> from the lore perspective that that seems wrong yes
0: now final thoughts on theros here it might be an unfair question because we had three whole sets in original theros versus one but based on old theros versus new theros which might you like a little bit more
1: um i definitely like new theros um they they took the things in old theros that worked and they put a new twist to it and they did excellent um so far is probably one of the best in my favorite decks so far in uh in 2020 mm. so um but i mean there's still you know two more sets yeah. to to come by and I, I mean I may change my mind but sure. as far as like what I've seen from my Coria and what I what I have in Theros I'm definitely liking Theros a lot more even though Coria has uh cool things and cool graphics uh cool art coming out a mm-hmm. whole new way that um he's taking it but uh yeah Theros definitely Theros Beyond Death Right now is my favorite.
0: Oh, very nice. That segs that segue us into the next set then with Ikoria layer of behemoths, one of the maybe it's a big kinda like meta selling point, not really like a game perspective. What do you think about the Godzilla alternate art cards?
1: <laughs> I think Watsy I mean <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's no words for it. It's Godzilla <laughs> in a card. What can yeah. you say, mm. um, other than it's Godzilla in a card? I uh, I think they did a really good job as far as uh, the art of the cards and some uh, and you know obviously the Godzilla um, style cards that they're doing. Uh, they did a really nice job with that. Like I have to applaud Waltzy for it. Um, from a marketing point of view, absolutely amazing mm. and you know, it just shows you that they are taking a step in the right direction of marketing um, the game. And I hope that it keeps going. I really do, they're doing a great job. And I mean, I can't say I'm mad at them for it because they're doing exactly what we want them to do and to get the game out there in the right ways. And this is just another example of them doing a great job.
0: Hmm. I think it's a uh, really eye-catching um... You know, I think everyone in the world knows Godzilla, and but I'm not a like I don't think I've seen too many of the Godzilla movies, and I think it's kind of a fun series. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have like these alternate versions of like this regular card that's in the set. So if you are a player that kind of wants to bling out your standard deck, commander deck, whatever, there's this other echelon of these uh, variations to put into your deck, and it's just still pretty cool that I summon Godzilla, that sort of thing. <laughs> I was actually on the, what's the official name of that? The Gamepedia wiki for Magic, mm-hmm. and they broke it down to such a level to say this art of this Godzilla character is from this movie. So oh gosh, so some, Didn't they? yeah, so someone had a lot of time on their hands, but uh, that was really cool. Well, I had a lot of time too because I read the whole thing, and it was uh, yeah, this is uh, Mecha Godzilla from you know Godzilla Clash of Titans Part Seven or whatever. Uh, so it's really cool if you're if you're totally into those movies and those characters then you you recognize the characters and now you can actually put them in your deck Um, so we got like a lot of treatments a lot of art treatments the godzilla style the regular style the full art style and we've also got like they're calling it like the comic book style what do you think about that
1: one yes um that's a new way of putting magic cards in in you know cardboard and i mean they're gonna they're gonna sell a lot of cards let's Mm just say that Mm -hmm. they're going to sell a lot of cards with that um there's already a lot of magic players that are into comic books and are into that specific genre so they're gonna love this stuff um especially you know the person that has to bling out their deck they're gonna even though they might not be into the godzilla themes and, and such they're gonna say well i have to have this and there's some stuff that I mean, it's so darn cute. Yeah. That, that I, I mean, even I have to have it. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm not usually the type of person to, to have that stuff. I like foil cards, but it doesn't have to be a foil arginate card. Yeah. But I mean, there's the guy, uh, the Dora, the perfect pet.
0: The, oh yeah, yeah, the
1: full art for that, guys. That the, that's the cutest thing ever. And then the baby Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Um. Even though you know it's they're both on common cards, it, they're so cute. Like, how yeah. would you not want to put them in a deck? You know, have a deck of cute cards from Ikoria.
0: <laughs> I remember in one of the recent, I think one of one, one of Mark Rosewater's recent podcast, he was talking about how, for a lot of the history of Magic, they did try to do like. Badass creatures, like you know, hey guys, you know when it was much more like a male-focused game, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey guys, yeah, this is tough cards, and look at the skeletons and all of that. But then now they they want to get more people, more more people to play. Everyone plays, so we've got to we're gonna have a variety of a diversity of cards, and yeah, we can have cute cards in magic, we can have dark cards in magic, we can have a little bit of everything. I think. When we started to see some of that was in Throne of Eldraine. And then that was like, Mm -hmm. okay, fairy tale world plus knights. So we have some of like the cute stuff there. And then the knight stuff, the gritty stuff, whatever. And then this set, Ikoria, I think they really pushed the cute level to the forefront, which I love. I love the art. I love the style. And I love the variety.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they they did a really good job with it. And uh, like I said, the marketing absolutely 100 percent on point um and they're they're gonna get more people into the game um because there's gonna be people that are gonna see this stuff like on youtube yeah. or uh, you know just when they go into their comic book store and they see it in their case you know in the cases um and they're gonna say well wait what's that you know <laughs> yeah and obviously you know the owners are gonna explain to them hey yeah this is godzilla you know blah 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 and they're gonna you know buy a pack or two and You know, who knows? Maybe they'll get into the game. Maybe not. Maybe we'll just be collecting. Hmm. But uh, I mean, this is a new way to get more players into the game. And I think they absolutely hit it out of the park.
0: Mm -hmm. Let me do a side plug here. Um, So I also do a comic book podcast every Wednesday. So definitely these comic book version alternate arts are speaking to me as well. So I hope to crack a few, or maybe I'll go out of my way to get the the ones I need for my decks. And um what I wanna do is usually just for fun, I am a bit I'm a bit more towards the the fun aspect when I play magic. and well not when I'm on the ladder, then it's all business. But when I when I play <laughs> yes. uh fun magic, I, I like like one of my favorite decks in paper is my Selesnia cat deck. Uh, so I've got like, you know, Regal Caracal in there and you know, all that fun stuff adorned Pouncer. And so I see that there's a lot of cats. I think there were like 15 cats when I looked the other day mm-hmm. on Ikoria. So I'm thinking about brewing a new cat-themed deck of Ikoria cards and getting some of those um, comic book style as well. So it they, they totally worked on me. There's a card style for everyone.
1: Yeah, and what I usually do is um, I, like, I love the foil cards and – what i'll probably do is i'll see if i like the alternate style better or if i like the um just the regular style um with cards like uh, elspeth's son's nemesis i really liked what they did with calyx and and that mm. and ashiok mm-hmm. and i did get and i did end up getting the foils of uh of those alt cards oh cool and, and I even, I even actually got some sketches of uh, Elspeth's son's nemesis from Chuck Lucas. Oh, wow. Because I really loved Elspeth, and I mean, it, it was great to get a piece of, of Elspeth in my walls. Yeah. Um, I haven't framed it yet, but uh, it's going to get framed as soon as this whole thing yeah. rolls over.
0: Yeah, that's really cool uh, to have a piece of, of that, of the art, you know, the little cards that we play with. Those little works of art but then if you're able to get the larger one that's an actual frame on the wall i think that's pretty cool
1: yes it's it's absolutely amazing and i mean i know the uh the art market is is going crazy right now with uh, ikoria and i mean why wouldn't you Mm -hmm. this stuff is super super nice and I mean, it, it sucks. I wish I had a bigger wallet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We wish that we could grind for gold and trade it for packs, but not in real yes. life.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of art, uh, they had uh, two of my favorite old-school magic artists from back in the day, Phil and Kaya Folio. Um, they were a husband and wife team that did magic in the very beginning. Do you, do, mm-hmm. do you know those?
1: Yes. The, the, yes. Yeah.
0: So they did some really cool cards back in the day. Millstone, Urza's mm-hmm. Workshop, Bird Maiden. Um So they recently had a Kickstarter where they teamed up with this uh, this one playmat maker that I think has teamed up with others like Sub McKinnon and such. And so mm-hmm. they did a Kickstarter to print some new playmats with their old classic art. And I pledged to it. So uh, I'm going to get myself a playmat of um, Kumbaj Witches. This old classic card, Um, it was like two witch sisters. Um, Mm -hmm. One had like six fingers and stuff. The card wasn't that great, but the art is like, that's from my youth. That's when I first played Magic. So I got myself a playmat in some of that classic art.
1: Yes, I I actually got the chance to meet them at uh, Gen Con a few years back. Oh, cool. And they're really, really nice people. Um, Mm. I mean, it's absolutely amazing, um, you know, how they treat their fans and such. And it really sucks they're not you know, doing magic art, um, nowadays, but I mean, obviously magic is taking a different direction and, you know, sometimes you just got to go with what you love and, you know, maybe that new direction isn't what they love.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have, um, it would have been cool to do a little bit of a throwback on the, which was that one master set, uh, magic 25, Mm -hmm. if that was going to be like, uh, cards from all of the sets it would have been nice to also bring back the old artists that that are still around that are still with us to do at least one piece
1: well i know some of the artists probably do not want to come back uh, no. just because of how they got treated
0: sure, with yeah.
1: uh from Watsy. Mm. so i could see that um that doesn't mean that they might not have reached out to them you know they might have um mm. I I don't know. I have to, I would have to ask a couple of people that I would know hmm. to see if that was true or if that even happened. But yeah, it would have been nice um to get that if if you know that could have happened, but I could definitely see where, you know, some of those artists would have said no
0: sure, um, yeah. to
1: the opportunity um and just because of how they feel with uh, how magic was back then uh treating artists to how they are now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean eh. We could all dream. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah,
0: yeah, so one of the things that I'm also um, wishing for, and I'm surprised they didn't do it in Masters 25 or Modern Horizons, is add at least one banding
1: card. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised they didn't do that either, um, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, It's, you know, something that people uh, like, and, you know, it's uh, an effect, you know, that people like. And, I mean, maybe... I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want it there.
0: Now, I'm fine if they had used the whole rules box to explain banding and put no flavor text. I'd be totally fine with that because it does (laughs) need that much space.
1: It, I mean, you would be fine with that, but I mean, <laughs> think of the new players. Oh, <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah, but like Modern Horizons isn't exactly for new players. That was already like way over the heads of everyone with like oh, a yes. mishmash of everything. <laughs> oh, here's a Bushido card and here's an Arcane card and here's blah, blah, blah. So that's where they should have done it. But okay, I'm waiting for Modern Horizons 2 to bring back banding or maybe flanking too. That'd be fun.
1: Flanking would be definitely a lot of fun. I remember uh, flanking and (laughs) I mean, I had some fun with it, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if other people will have fun.
0: Mm -hmm. So Ikoria has uh, some new mechanics that are sort of melding with old mechanics in terms of, we also now have ability counters. So no longer Mm -hmm. plus one, plus one, or minus one, minus one. Now we can put a counter that represents flying or trample or a bunch of other things. What do you think about that? Taking things into that direction?
1: I actually like how they're doing that. and it's nice to see the you know put a counter on this creature and it gains flying you know life trample whatever. Hmm. Um, and there is there is a black card I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of like Doom Blade, but it also removes yeah. counters yeah. from um, you know from the the creatures and or or it kills it. So I mean that's that's a pretty good card. Um man, I can't remember the name of it, it's, it's something it's like
0: uh something act like cruel act or unholy act something like that, right? And the art is like they're about to kill a poor little dragon cat thing or something.
1: Yes. Yes, it's, I can't remember exactly what um what the the card is um Oh, actually, heartless act. Heartless, heartless act. act. It's yeah. uh, the story target creature with no counters on it or you can remove up to 3 counters from target creature. Mhm. Um, and then there's creatures that um, at the beginning of the combat phase I think there's one creature that's at the beginning of the combat phase. Uh, I think it's a Colorless creature that you can put a counter that it does not have mm. on it um, I think it's five casting costs and you can put a trample vigilance lifelink So this will be a really good card to kind of combat that. Yeah, and I mean, it's also a really good card to get rid of stuff that doesn't have counters on it. But <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like the, it's like Doom Blade back in standard.
1: Exactly. Not only that, but I think they are going to put that in the standard showdown um, or the promo packs. Mm. Um, so it's going to be pretty awesome to have such uh, a good card like that because it, it, it will be you And it's it's basically doomblade Blade 2.0. Mm. Um, and i mean i'm gonna be using it if playing black yeah let's just say that
0: same here like i originally it was terror you know one black one more destroy mm-hmm. or actually the old wording was bury uh destroy Very. um target non-black non-artifact creature and then after that they yes. made dark banishing in ice age which was one more mana but then now it yep. could be just anything besides uh, a black creature and then after that it was you know murder and such but then doom blade any non-black creature um, mm-hmm. And then now we have a version of it with upside, so it's just like this is this is technically right the the strictly better doom blade because it also then deals exactly. with counters
1: exactly. um I a lot of my friends um, have been talking about this card and um I mean we we are uh, also talking about other cards like fire prophecy in um in standard right now because you know it's a card that you know deals three damage target creature. um it's not too powerful, but uh you can also put a card from your hand. On the bottom and then draw a card so you can take a card that's useless sitting in your hand and draw a card with it and mm-hmm. i mean it's better than scorching dragon fire in some Jaya's greetings i think mm-hmm. um that is being played in the red decks so this is another card that they can put in that place
0: yeah there's a lot of like well the term pushed has connotations i guess but there's a lot of pushed cards and uh, mm-hmm. i think it's pretty cool that they can keep going in all of these directions in in their design space like for example the the new triome lands the the triple lands which also have a basic land type
1: mhm i am and they cycle yeah so
0: yeah exactly mm-hmm.
1: they they cycle um i i definitely can see where those cards are going to be useful in uh older formats anything that has a fetch uh mechanic uh is gonna be good um anything that can fetch for like a forest plains you know far stuff like far seek uh is gonna love that card mm-hmm. and uh, or those five five lands and i mean why wouldn't you play it you can cycle them too
0: yeah, there's just so much upside they've got the basic land type they've got the cycling yeah they come in tapped mm-hmm. but that's not such a big deal then of course like the art uh the 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 art on all of these I'm, I'm looking at them as well in dotha Triome, like there's so many crystals and stuff going on in this art and then uh ketria triome, yeah the, there's uh we're in a wedge set so not everyone gets every single color that they need but of course exactly. this, this is another one that like really screams commander uh, have some fun mm. with three colors here,
1: and not only that, but they brought back the ultimatums. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! It's a long time coming. It's been a long time. It's it's just shards of Laura. You know, it was the Alara yeah. block mm-hmm. where they where they were. You know,
0: <laughs> exactly that. That's that's been quite a while, and I think they've reprinted maybe one or two in a commander set, but most of them haven't, right?
1: No, the, it's it's all been in Commander. Uh, you know they haven't brought it back to standard like it used to be, and they were really powerful cards mm-hmm. back in the day. And I definitely see, um, you know, some of these cards being super good and super powerful.
0: Every single ultimatum that exists, and now there's the full ten cycles, so now we can all be happy, right? Because Magic players love cycles. However, the tragedy is that all of the cards, except one has flavor text
1: yes so emergent ultimatum is the that does not have the flavor text (laughs) and I'm wondering why
0: I know like is this this
1: a big joke (laughs) I know. I
0: know, like, that's something that I noticed. Like, I was just looking through them all, and they're like, yeah, they're all really cool, and they're all, like, perfectly symmetrical. It's like, you know, double mana, triple mana, then double mana, and then they're all sorceries, and they have a cool effect that's really OP, and then some cool flavor text, and then I'm scrolling, and then what's this? Immersion Ultimatum, no flavor text, and I was triggered again.
1: Yeah, I guess that, uh, you know, they're, they don't want to add flavor text to kind of stab the wound more <laughs> than it should. I mean, you're already... <laughs> An opponent chooses one of those cards, which is three cards, and then you may cast the other cards without paying their mana cost. Mm-hmm. Wow! So you can go get any cards, any mono-colored cards. There's a lot of mono-colored cards that are really strong. I'm just gonna tell you, and I'm just gonna sit there. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't matter which two or which three that you get it's kind of like with um with gifts and given Mm -hmm. and factor fiction you know any any way you put it it's still gonna come bite you in the behind
0: yeah there's a few twitter accounts out there that they like putting flavor text on cards that don't have flavor text
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: so i'm sure they're working overtime to put the perfect one that uh, that fits here
1: oh i'm sure they are i do like the the emergent um, I think that's that one and the inspired one are probably the best ones out of the you know all of them mm-hmm. but um, just because you know the inspired ultimatum makes me think a lot of cruel ultimatum back sure. in the day yeah. and um, it's basically the same thing but in a better in a better colors I guess because uh, mm-hmm. is, yeah I mean it was fine but no this Jessica is where it needs to be <laughs> and i'm glad they they finally gave it home um i do like the Eerie ultimatum yeah. um but the only thing that i do not like is the fact that they have to be different names so <laughs> in a way it might be better for command
0: that's the one that it feels like yeah it's pushed towards more commander or any or brawl or any singleton format
1: exactly um the runus ultimatum is actually pretty nice too just for overall but uh, I really like Emergent because you can go search for, for your combo. And if you have mm-hmm. um, a combo that's, you know, with two pieces of the pie, like it can still go off. Then, you know, if they're mono there you go. Um, and Inspired, you know, you, you gain five life, five damage to any target. So it can be a Planeswalker, creature, player. Um, and then you're drawing five cards. And I mean, for seven, I'll take that any day yeah
0: definitely these are very flavorful very powerful it'll fit into a lot of strategies but it's going to be that mana investment but especially in a maybe a slower format uh, Mm -hmm. you'll get there and then the payoff will be really good
1: yeah um i do like genesis ultimatum but the thing is you're gonna have to stack your deck to where you get the most out of it and i think right now uh at least in standard it definitely can be done in commander mm-hmm. but uh in standard right now i don't think there is a good efficient way to do it no. but if there was then absolutely that that would be a really good card um because those colors um, with um teamer are really easy to get mm-hmm. and i can definitely see somebody doing that
0: mm-hmm. Now, I've started reading the flavor text on a bunch of these cards to kind of get the story from them. Um, and right here on Ruinous Ultimatum, uh, the flavor text is, Strike those abominations down, let their names rot with their remains, General Kudro. So I keep reading the flavor text, and it doesn't seem like General is a very nice guy.
1: No, General Kudrow, um I mean he gives humans um, you know plus one plus one so i mean it's not too bad (laughs) it's not too bad Um, but then
0: he sends two to their deaths
1: exactly but i mean (laughs) it's it's not that bad he Mm. um he sends two to their death but then you get to destroy something with you know power four or greater um he's a three three for three which yeah. Is, you know, something really good. This is uh, an S and an Esper hero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see this guy being a superstar. Um, in any humans deck, um, I can definitely see General Kudro being really good. Because he can take care of stuff by himself. Like, this is a, a threat that your opponent has to get off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, not because the plus one, plus one. Uh, but if you have a-, a way to generate humans, which... Most most of the time, those two colors do have a way to generate tokens. Yeah, um, it can be deadly, and you're gonna have to take care of it fast before you have you know a whole field staring down at you, and waste for them to get rid of your stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. The only other problem is that General Kudro is giving Lisa Kudro a bad name.
1: Yeah, I mean he is giving Kudro a bad name, but uh, I mean it's such a good card. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe maybe we're actually supposed to be pronouncing it like Cudro because it doesn't have that extra W that Lisa Kudro's name has.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um I it's it's actually kind of funny because uh Ryan Pankos is the artist of this card. And when um this card was spoiled, he actually uh he, he did it traditionally. And mm. he posed he he posed with the picture uh, wearing a cape, kind of like General Kudo. Hmm. Um And he had bananas, like green bananas, <laughs> as the, the thing on his shoulder. Oh, and when I saw that, I, I started laughing because it, it's it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness. Of course, he would do something like that. Uh, he always likes to pose with uh, his artwork in uh, in different ways. It's, it's great.
0: Oh, that's cool. Let me take a quick look at what other art he's done. I'm sure I've seen... Oh, he did Arlen, Planeswalker, mm-hmm. Atemsis, Azor. Oh, I play AR all the time, but I never mm-hmm. quite noticed his name. So, yeah, so many great magic artists out there. And I love how like they have a presence on social media and you can follow them there and they reveal behind the scenes stuff. So that's a really cool aspect of modern fandom in that we can get these aspects of, um, of what we enjoy even better.
1: Yeah, one of uh one card that i really like to see back and i'm very glad that that uh, a friend of mine victor was the artist of this card is adventurous impulse um you know i'm glad to see the card back is you know look at the top three cards of the library you can get a creature or land and put it into your hand and then put the rest on the bottom in any order uh for one green i mean granted it's a sorcery so it's kind of like I wish this was an instant, yeah. you know, for one more mana. But I will take this. Um, you know, it's it gives you that that way to to get a creature a land card, and it says a land card, which means you can get one of the new lands that are coming in this set. Yeah. So it's 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 a good it's a good card to to kind of fix your mana.
0: Yeah, I like that one in my Zakama. Uh, commander deck, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the historic Brawl. On that, yep. so I've been able to get Zakama out on Brawl pretty fast sometimes, and then you can't do too much against a nine-nine that untaps all your lands
1: and starts paying your stuff down. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: So yeah, there's so much to to talk about and to enjoy about uh, the new the new set um final thoughts on Ikoria based on the trailer what did you think about the trailer that was released
1: I think Vivian um basically says you know you no matter how big you are I'm gonna take care of you (laughs) and it just shows that you know Vivian's not afraid of anything Mm -hmm. and from seeing the new trailer I'm I mean I'm kind of I guess intimidated by her (laughs) because she just looks at at this big monster coming to her and trying to kill her. And she's like, Oh, I'm just gonna summon my pets and try yeah. to kill you.
0: Yeah. I kudos to Wizards for continuing like the high quality of this animation. And they've continued also the idea of like having like a popular song um, as mm-hmm. a variation. So they had the Joan Jett uh, Bad Reputation song. I yep. thought it fit in that very well as as well. Um, At the beginning, like when the soldiers were first rushing, I thought it was, it felt like any, any other kind of game. But then when you started to see like the crystals and the behemoths, and then of course Vivian comes out and then the music, I thought they did a, a great job on that sort of promotion. And it was like, it was way more jovial than the last mm-hmm. sets. Uh, exactly. Well, I guess uh, compared to Eldraine. So we had like so the really epic, like uh, sad one for War of the Spark. We... Mm. Uh, didn't have one for Corsa 2020, but then we had uh, the also kind of like fun one for uh, Thorn of Eldraine, but then another kind of like weird, scary, sad one for uh, Theros Beyond Death, and then another sort of like fun one. Yeah. So I'm enjoying those uh, trailers. Now, did you know that there was a uh, a Japanese exclusive um, Ikoria trailer?
1: No, I did not. Um,
0: so let me that's... send you the link right here, and then we'll have your reaction live on the podcast.
1: Well let it's, me it's not gonna be live
0: because I'm gonna record it, but you you get the idea.
1: Oh, this is interesting.
0: So this is a live action type of it's a live action type of trailer compared to the <laughs> digital one.
1: Oh, they have Emercle in here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no sleeves.
1: No sleeves, I
0: It's obviously the apocalypse.
1: Oh, goodness. Now, is this kind of foreshadowing, too? Because, I mean, the Eldrazi are probably going to come back at some point in time. Maybe. Oh, is this Chandra? She looks like she could potentially be Chandra.
0: Possibly, yeah. And then with the fire stuff happening, but...
1: Yeah. Oh, there's Godzilla. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gogeta. So the Japanese exclusive Ikoria is a, a trailer is focused on the, the Japanese monsters, the kaiju, the, the famous yep. Toho um, Godzilla characters. So something completely different. It showed up on my stream over here. I'm subscribed to the Magic YouTube channel, and I saw this mm-hmm. uh, little thumbnail. I'm like, what, the Japanese version? Let's check it out. And it's completely different. It's like, yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic. Uh, sort of, but they're still playing magic without sleeves. And then I guess they still have lipstick because did you notice know she had lipstick? And then they mm-hmm. reveal the, but but it also had like a very different feel in terms of. I'm getting a lot of the feel of a that like humans are kind of the bad guys. I know that like Luca is trying to be like one of the good ones that like mm-hmm. wants to bond and all of that. And then there's the bonders, animal bonders. But I yeah. kind of feel in general that the humans are the bad guys in this set. Um, and then this trailer feels like well. The monsters are coming for us so like they're trying to make the humans again like the the the, the good the faction you're the prey yeah
1: um from from my understanding in the lore um the the cities that are in icoria um they basically figured out like the humans figured out a way to make it so where the monsters can come in mm-hmm. um you know so they put cities in the skies and such um but the creatures obviously have mutated, mm. so that's where the mutate comes in, and um, they've figured out a way to get into those cities. Um, you know, whether it be you know in the sky or or whatnot. Um, and when I when I heard about this, one of the things that came to my mind is like, "Hey, Wizards is going Pacific Rim style." Mm. On, on this set, mm-hmm. um, that's one of the first things that I thought. I'm like, well, I mean, you have Godzilla, but Godzilla plus Pacific Rim is yeah. you have creatures that are coming to clear out the cities, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, yeah, ha- obviously you have, you know, people like Vivian that are that are trying to fight, you know, these creatures. So it's kind of like the the creatures of the kaiju's, and mm-hmm. you know the humans are are the uh the guys that are trying to, to fight so i could see them you know portraying them as the good guys yeah but i mean yeah. lucas lucas is an interesting card um as well and it's an interesting um i guess pl- uh player into into this whole set mm mm-hmm. mhm
0: we had um let's see like in throne of eldraine that one was all completely new characters well we saw Mm -hmm. will and rowan in battle bond but that was you know a non-standard set
1: non-standard set
0: and then we had Oko, that was originally a, a new one um throne of eldraine did they have any more they had Oko, will and rowan and that was it right
1: i think that's it yeah
0: so then we had in theros beyond death we had elspeth Ashiok and Calix. And okay, Calix. so Calix, Calyx, He was, w- was he ever in the story? I know this was his first Planeswalker.
1: He was the one that was um, guarding uh, the Elspeth prison. So hmm. he was the one trying to stop Elspeth from coming out of hmm. her prison um, after she did the whole thing with him. No. Okay.
0: Okay. So then, in in Theros, all three characters were known. All three Planeswalkers. Now, in I believe so. In Ikoria, we have, uh, we have Vivian known, and she was introduced in course of 2019, I believe. And we have mm-hmm. Narset from uh, Khan's Block, and mm-hmm. uh, now we've got Luca. So he's a brand new one. So it's kind of interesting, kind of looking back on uh, on these various planes where here's some original characters new characters kind of back and forth so that's another space for wizards to kind of test things out we're going to put out this brand new character i've heard some some people online calling him um silver fox daddy and um luca and he seems pretty powerful pretty cool i love his ultimate ability the you know the the tammy and me loves that that my creatures are gonna hit everyone at once that's so fun um but even like the the minus two uh Previous guest, uh, Top Hat Tolab, was saying he, on on Luca's card, he just loves the minus two the most. Uh, so, new space to play with.
1: The only thing that I don't like is the casting costs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if it was three in a red, or like, you know, uh, two red-red, kind of like Chandra, Torch, Defiance, um, I would absolutely love to have this card in, in a deck, but i mean then the power level would be too good and that's one of the things that they are learning is they're trying to make sure that they're not putting the power level planeswalkers to be just out of this world Mm -hmm. but i mean he's still pretty powerful um you know you're revealing cards from the library until you reveal a creature card you know with higher mana cost and you're putting it into the battlefield i -hmm. mean you're you're trading a creature for another creature i guess yeah um and there's ways to get stuff out of exile um yeah. you know back into your hand so there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, put into the graveyard granted that's you know in older formats but uh i mean one um the the eldrazi uh the there's a black eldra says Exile uh, or bring stuff back from Exile Yeah the Graveyard, mm-hmm. and you know that's a way to bring that back, I guess. Yeah, so you can make some really nice, you know, red-black uh, synergies with it if you, you know, exile creatures. But you know, they're not really Exile. You can bring them back whether yeah. it be from the graveyard, or, you know, rise from the grave kind of kind of scenario, or yeah, you know, from your library.
0: So the cool thing is that we're getting literally hundreds of new cards coming into the pool to play with and we didn't even touch on um the exclusive commander cards i think it was 70 or 71 cards or so that are just exclusive to the new commander product so mm-hmm. so many new cards uh, to try new decks with so what would you say your hype level for a Coreia layer of behemoths is on a scale of one to nine thousand
1: uh probably like eight thousand <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay very good that's uh pretty high up there um what which of the mechanics um is like the big one that you're kind of looking forward to
1: um well i mean the mutate if if i understand it a little bit better um or if it gets a little to not be as as um i guess too much for me that's probably one of the best mechanics that the set could have Mm -hmm. um the companion mechanics is actually pretty nice too for commander Mm -hmm. um so I could see that. I mean, it sucks that they banned one of the cards seven minutes after it got spoiled. But... R.I.P. Lutri. Yeah, Lutri. Uh, I'm sorry, you were too good.
0: <laughs> too good for this world.
1: Too good for this world. I mean, mm-hmm. that card is bonkers. And some people are like, "No, you know, there's that that you could do that in Commander." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. That card is nuts." <laughs> don't let me don't don't kid yourself here
0: yeah exactly it's like it's a it's a it's a card that's constantly available to you it's always going to be there on curve it is no way to be interacted with no one can thought seize you turn one to get it out of there it's in a zone that you can't even interact with um you know the easy answer, and I don't want to say it lightly, but you know the easy answer was to ban it, of course. But maybe the rules exactly. committee should have like figured out some way that it could still work. But oh well, they know what they know what they're talking about.
1: No, um, no.
0: <laughs> they're I, denying. Uh, they're denying so many people cute elemental otters for their deck, and you know that's <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow.
1: I have uh, a lot of friends that play uh, EDH, and they said this was absolutely 100% the right call to do yeah. because um, granted this card in standard or in any other f- besides uh, EDH, it's kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. it's, it's a cute little order. Um, it might get played, you know, it might, it might get played. Um, yeah. But in, in EDH is, it was, is it was insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Insane. I think so. I'm just joking there. Definitely. It does uh it does it does deserve it unfortunately that's you know harsh to say but that it does deserve it in that particular format well we'll be content with the other ones we still have thieving otter we have eon frolicker so there's still two more otters if people want to play them in commander no problem
1: well i'll tell you this um i kind of want to make a deck with lutri <laughs> um obviously it'll be historic but um you know, Nexus of Fate and Lutri <laughs> are uh, pretty good with Golos. When you exile them, you know, yes. and you get to play them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, you might even have to just you know flip a Nexus of Fate, and oh, I get to take two turns instead of one yeah. <laughs> for three more mana. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still has a place. It mm-hmm. still has a place in 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 this world.
0: Yeah, definitely. Nature finds a way. Mm-hmm. Well, the Cuban MTG'er, as we wind down, uh, let's tell everyone one more time the um, best place to find you online.
1: Um, obviously on Twitch at Twitch TV slash the Cuban and on Twitter with the Cuban mtG is my my handle on there so you can find me on there both times and if you're mm-hmm. roaming around a Grand Prix or such uh, you know come say hello
0: very nice do you sign people's cards
1: I mean I I, I have before um nice. I will sign anything you put in front of me that's <laughs> fine
0: cool have you practiced like a really really fun signature that will really make make it stand out
1: um it's pretty much a bunch of like scribble lines <laughs> to be oh, honest
0: just like me. <laughs> Yep. So, as for myself, I'm on Twitter also. I uh, stream on YouTube and Twitch on Saturdays, 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can find me everywhere as VM Campos, basically. I've also got a Patreon. People can go to Patreon and just follow for free. Those are free, and people will be alerted to what I do online. And if they go to the $1 tier, it'll unlock some stuff like deck techs and so forth. If they go to the $2 tier, I'll mail people a uh, vintage magic card in appreciation, but no, not a Black Lotus. And So I appreciate whenever I get patrons and people just coming to say hi on Twitter and all of that. So one more time, thank you so much for being on the podcast and hope to have you back to talk more magic.
1: Oh, thank you uh, again, VM, uh, for having me. I mean, it's it's always nice to, to come and, and be here and uh, talk about magic for a little bit.
0: Thank you so much, this has been VM Campos and I'll see you in the arena.